Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Good morning, church. So yeah, this is my uh, going out of my comfort zone, just not having Nico to translate for me, but I have Holy Spirit, so that's good. (laughs) It's better. So... I'm so excited to share this word. It's been in my heart for two months, and the last two weeks has been so, so um, interesting. I'm going to share about it, but I want to just pray very quickly. So, Father God, thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing in this beautiful congregation. Thank you, Father, because you are moving through the worship. You are moving in every detail. And we just want to open our hearts to you. We just want to have breakthrough today. We just want to know you more today. And we set up hearts towards you, Lord, because we love you. Amen. Okay. So I started this preaching uh, because I was starting to, I was starting Second Peter 1. And I found a secret. The secret to be productive and useful in the knowledge of Jesus. So it's like, why we don't do this every day? Like, why we don't study this every day? Because it says, I'm going to read it, Second Peter 1, 8 to 9 first. It says, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are, are short-sighted or blind forgetting what, that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Who, who wants never fall away? <laughs> Everybody. Who wants to be productive and useful in the kingdom? So it says, do these things. So basically it says, if you already accepted Jesus, if you already are clean from your sins, if you already love him, just work hard on these things. And let's find out what, what are those things. So I, I will ask our team to put the first image, the picture number one, because it says in 2 Peter 1, 5 to 7. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for the picture. Okay, so it says, but also, also for this very reason, giving all this diligence, add to your faith virtue, the first block. To virtue, I'm saying right? Virtue? To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, add self-control. To self-control, add perseverance. To perseverance, add godliness. Godliness. <laughs> to godliness, are add brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness add love so when i was studying this all my preaching all this message will be about that you know and i was studying every block but then i found out that this should be a series (laughs) it was too long so i got stuck in the first one and the first one is virtue so this message at the beginning was called productive and useful but now it's called only in the shepherd's arms. And I'm gonna get to that point at the end. Because I started with virtue. And the word, the word virtue in the original, in the Greek, it's arete. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I'm saying it in Spanish how I read it, arete. 
Inadited means a virtuous or a moral excellence or a virtuous course of thought, feeling, and action. Can you say that with me? Thought, feeling, and action. So I was like, oh wow, this is very interesting. And the order of those things are, is important. So whenever we start having faith and cleanse from our sins, we need to start to change our mind so we will change our feelings, so we will change our actions. That's what Peter is saying. So why? Our thoughts will direct our feelings, and our feelings will direct our actions. So really, sin starts here. You know that. This is our battlefield. Pastor Tom said in the intercessory prayer, the battle is between our two ears. So whatever we hear, whatever we put our eyes on is what we're going to get here. So it's so important. I, I understand why God started with that. It's like if you clean your battlefield every day, you will be very productive and useful. It's the first block. So once the, the Holy Spirit has like giving us salvation, while we accepted Jesus, once we are there, we need to start with adding virtue to our salvation. So I'm going to tell you just to start a little bit about my testimony because it's not coincidence that I'm preaching about your, our minds. So between my 18 years and my 24, my main battle, the favorite thing that the enemy wanted to do with me was just take my mind. Every day I was in a huge, huge tormented situation. It was awful. I met Jesus when I was 13, but I started following him with all my heart when I was 18. I went to an encounter, which is like prayer ministry, and as soon as I got there, the battle started. I was like, why? I just went to a, you know, like a um, freedom process, but the Lord explained to me that in that process, I just opened like a pot, and now I needed to clean all of that. <laughs> so uh, it was so hard because um, in some point, whenever a lie from the enemy came to my mind, I felt a needle, a physical needle, like I felt the pain. And then I felt like a water thing going through my brain. I think I have talk talked about this before. But that was all the time, all day long. So imagine just determined all day long, just feeling that, feeling that pain, 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 oppression. So there, there were points through my walk with Jesus that I didn't want to worship. I didn't want to pray. I was just so tormented in my mind. But I started to write down letters. So I said that that's um, like my book of Lamentaciones. How do you say Lamentaciones? Lamentations. Number two, because <laughs> I started, God, I cannot pray because my mind is so attacked, but I'm here because I want to fight for my relationship with you. I, f I have 40 letters, literally. And with those 40 letters, I fight for my relationship because something that my pastor said was, okay, maybe if you are in a bad situation, if you have been attacked, if you feel the worst, don't give up with Jesus because he's the only one who can take you out of there. So for four, year, for four years, I fought this fight. But at the end, I remember that I went to a youth, um, I don't know, youth conference in my church, and they made like a play drama thing. 
And I was sitting down there, and I was weeping because the Lord was explaining to me what was happening in my mind. So in that play, let's say that they made like a giant brain, and they, they were actors as neurons. So in that brain, in that play, they were explaining how the enemy brings the, like the lies in the brain as dardos, like as needles, things like that. So I was just receiving freedom just to see that. It's like, I'm not crazy, because when you are attacking your mind so often, it gets to a point that you think you're crazy. It gets to a point that is so tormented. And there is people who really are very tormented. There is people who probably they have fights, and there is not <laughs> that, that hard. But I was here in the group of really tormented, OK? So uh, my freedom started with that truth. I'm not crazy, the enemy is doing something, you know? So I'm going to let my um, leave my testimony there, and I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue the testimony later. So um, our, a mind that is not constantly being renewed in the truth can lead you out of the will of God in many areas. Because Romans 12.2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There is no way to know his will if we don't transform our minds, if we don't renew our minds. So sometimes there is no peace because the storm inside of us is bigger than the storm out of us, you know? Probably, yes, we all have trouble, we all have desert, we all go through seasons, but sometimes the storm inside is even bigger. Sometimes things that are little in our minds are huge, are giant. So peace needs to be first inside of us, you know? Sometimes the, the trouble is not going to stop. You need to bring peace inside of you first. And there are different ways that our mind is invaded by the enemy. Uh, sometimes, without knowing, we partner with him. And we think we are not partnering with him, but we do. So during this preaching, this message, Nico said, no, say it, preaching, bad message. During this message, the Lord just show me some things to explain to you. And I really encourage you to take notes. If, if the Holy Spirit tells you something, just write it down, because in the ministry time, we're going to just take that out of us, OK? So first, everything starts with an idea. And we are in the world of like very easily access to ideas. It's just your phone. Can you believe that in this? era that we live in, there is more people who believe that the earth is flat than hundreds of years before. Why? Because we can get to information, we can go to Facebook, and there is people just saying, yes, the earth is flat, it's flat, it's flat. So right now there is more people believing that because we are in the world of ideas. So there is thousands of ideas, thousands. That's why we need to hold the truth. And even more right now in this era that we live in. So <laughs> every, everything starts with a little idea. So the idea can come very easy. For example, I don't know, you are, you're not going to make it. Or I could be there and it's like, you're going to talk very wrong English. You know, just an idea. Or sometimes this idea comes because when you were little, your dad told you you are stupid. You are not smart. 
And that idea just gets stuck. And even if authorities tells you something, that idea is even more, how you say that, like more strong in your brain. So obviously the enemy wants to use authorities to proclaim things because he knows that that's gonna just work better for him. So yes, just ideas. For example, you are not worthy. You cannot do this. There is better people than you to do this. You are not a good mom. You are not a good dad. You lose your, you lose, you lose your time and you will never have it back. That's an idea that a lot of people have when, they, when if you met, meet Jesus, not maybe in your early years, you th maybe that's an idea that the enemy is telling you. Like, you lost your time. All those times, they will never come back. Um, your husband doesn't love you that much. Your wife is not enough. You are not pretty. You have no purpose. You will never get married. You will never have good friends. And those are just ideas that we can come, you know? But, <laughs> and also there is ideas towards immorality, perversion, perversion, pornography, hate, suicide, etc., etc. The thing is, there is ideas that are strong, stronger, because there is a root of idolatry in your in our families, or a root of witchcraft, or simple, or the enemy just. You know what? The enemy knows what is the idea that he's putting in you. So he will make sure to bring the experiences to confirm that idea. So he wants you to say, but this is kind of truth. So if, for example, if the, if the idea is you're not smart, probably in the school you were not smart and <laughs> you didn't have good grades. And then in college something happened and I don't know, some teacher told you something. So you were saying, okay, God is telling me that I'm smart but here is all the proof, you know? But the thing is, every truth that has some lie is a lie. Truth has to be completely truth. And when I knew that in my heart, I started receiving relief. It's like, okay, this truth looks like it could be truth, but it has lie in it. So it's already, it has a virus in it, so it's not gonna work. So. I just want you to think about what lies are in your mind right now, because today God wants to set us free from that. The thing, amen, amen. <laughs> the thing is, when those ideas start just be very often in your brain and start just being through your day and it's not like you cannot control it, um, there is startup obsession. So the enemy comes with a torment of obsession, ideas of obsession, and those are even harder to work out. So for example, and this is some things that the Lord specifically told me, and probably they are hard to hear, but I just need to say it, and there is obsession to torment your walk with God, and I'm gonna explain this. Here in the United States is the first time that I met people, like three people, who had a, a specifically idea of obsession that said this, if you do not fast enough, you are out of my grace. So these people was fasting to the point of starving and death. And I was like, and somebody who was free from this told me that, yeah, that's hard because, because you want to honor God. So whenever you start saying, okay, I'm going to give everything to God. I want to serve him and live for him. The enemy probably will come with that, this kind of obsession. Because if he couldn't, 
like take your salvation, he will try to torment your walk with God. So when I met these people, I was like, how can I tell them that this is not good? You know, because they are trying to, to just serve God even with that. But God has his ways to tell us, you know, so he did it. But the thing is, to be careful with those things. Because all the, obs- the, t- the obsession that the enemy brings to torment your wall with God brings condemnation. That's a key to know. It's like, if I don't do this, if I don't do this, no, I'm going to go out of the grace of God. God is mad at me. I'm, no, that's not truth. Jesus made something so beautiful for you to not have condemnation. So you can obey with love. And even if we fall, like, I remember that one day the Lord told me, you have to fast. And I was like, la, la, la. <laughs> and again, you have to fast. Like the third time I was, la- I was like, okay, I will fast. And I asked for forgiveness. But he said, okay. But I never felt that I was falling down from him, you know? It's like I had to obey, <laughs> obviously. But just don't let condemnation be a root in your, your brain because it's dangerous. So another thought of obsession um, could be about the Holy Spirit. And this one is so hard. There is people, I, I know this is so hard, but I know a case in Colombia that a young guy who suicide because he thought that he was um, talking, like thinking bad and talking bad about the Holy Spirit. So that's the scene that has not forgiveness. So he suicided himself. He took his life because of that lie. So how there is the enemy who just brings those obsessions to torment your walk with God. So I don't know if you are listening to this and even I don't know if you feel like you want to run away or something like that, but that's because the Lord wants you to bring you freedom from that. Like he doesn't want you to keep walking with this because he's taking you happiness, joy, peace, so, yeah, another obsession, and I had this one before in my past, is the Bible is not true. <laughs> so I was reading my Bible, having my devotional, and then, well, men wrote it down. This is not true. Who can tell you that that's true? Why do you think that this is, this is true? So I was like, oh, my God. Now I feel relieved, I feel relieved with these words, but my mind is saying that's not true. So I remember that I felt a lot of relief from that idea because I was watching a video from Billy Graham and Billy Graham had the same thing. He was very used by the Lord. He was, well, you know Billy Graham. So (laughs) the thing is, he said, but in some point, this idea of the Bible is not true started coming, coming, coming. And he said that he went to a wood, a forest place, and he put his Bible on top of a tree or something that was there. He kneeled himself and he said, no matter what, from today, I'm going to believe that this book is truth. Is the truth of God is true. I'm going to believe it with all my heart. And then I heard that C.S. Lewis said, that somebody asked him, okay, what will happen if you die and you figure out that everything you believe was not true? So C.S. Lewis said, well, if it's not true, I can say that I live the best life ever. And if it's true, you are in trouble. You should believe because I'll be in heaven. So it was like no matter how to see it, it's just great. So that started bringing so much through in my, in my brain. So um, also another obsession, uh, like thought of obsession could be your prayer 
is not heard by the Lord. And I think sometimes most of Christians fall in this one. And the enemy loved this idea. He loves it. Because if he stops your prayer, if he makes that idea in your mind, you will feel like you are not be listened by the Lord. So your action is going to be not to pray. Why are you going to pray? I don't feel you. I feel just a wall. So you cannot pray if your idea is making you a feeling and an action. Okay, so probably there is more, but those are the, the four um, torments that the Lord talked to me about our walk with the Lord. But if the Lord shows you something else, just write it down, because today we're going to just get rid out of it. Um, there is thoughts of some obsession about your life, relationships, etc. So for example, you will die today. Something will happen today. You're going to go out and something will happen. And I, I need to be honest, when I started re um, reading this, I started thinking that, Nico, we, we, we won't come home. Like, I was like, why am I thinking that? And I was recognizing that I had to fight that thought. But he wants to torment your relationships and your life. Um, <laughs> this is funny. I, that, haven't, that hasn't happened to me, but I have heard women who said this. And you go out, you are ready to go to work or something. You turn off everything, and you're going out. It's like, you didn't turn off the, sto the stuff. stove. You didn't do it. You didn't do it. And you imagine in your mind all this fire in your house, everything burning out, so you go back and check. And people, there is people who, has, who have to check five times, you know? And that's an obsession. Even if it's funny, be careful. That's a torment, a thought of obsession to torment your walk. So, um, okay, this is important. So. Um, most of these obsessions comes from some trauma. So if you had trauma, I don't know, when you were a child, something happened to you, uh, mostly people who has thoughts of obsession about uh, immorality or things like that is because they had some trauma in the past. So this comes very often to just yeah, torment, torment, torment. And I know there is a lot of people with those kind of things. So please write it down if you think that that's one, that if you have been fighting so much against immorality, immorality, <laughs> perversion, um, the Lord wants to set you free today. So uh, this is one that happened to me as well when I was in Colombia. I was serving the Lord. I was on fire. Uh, I was, yeah, you, you saw the ministry that the Lord gave us over there. But I burned out, and there was a lot of, tr not trauma, but a lot of opposition, and also my authority said something so hard that I came here, and my thought was, okay, I'm just going to serve this church, but I'm not going to go to missions or serve like that anymore, because I was tired and I was hurt. So I remember I came here, I, Miss Addie is not here today, but I just heard this black woman say, my babies, she said that and I started whipping. I was like, who is he, who is she? Why she makes me cry? For six months, God healed me through her hugs. It's incredible. 
is incredible, the anointing that she has. So whenever Miss Addie is around and hug you and you don't know her, please just let her hug you. <laughs> she has a special anointing. So, um, uh, and I'm saying that because I was looking at a review in a Google page, and a woman said, I didn't come back because a weird woman just came and hugged me. <laughs> I was like, maybe it was Miss Addie, <laughs> but it's okay. So, um, <laughs> um, okay, so sometimes also our mind is led by idols. And I have the key, I was talking with my friend Ashley about this teaching on Thursday, and um, she confirmed so much what I was telling her, and one of the things is whenever we're worshiping, if you cannot put your eyes on Jesus, if you cannot concentrate, probably there is an idol, because you cannot worship two gods. And so the Lord will show you. So for example, when I was um, in Colombia and I started my walk with Jesus, I was like praising and I started to see myself and I was saying, what do the, the people will think about if I raise my hands a little bit more, I'm looking good. So then the Lord showed me, you have an idol of yourself. You cannot worship me. You are not worshiping me right now even if you have your hands up. So. The Lord will show you what is in front of him and you in worship. Even the stove. There is women who raise their hands. I turn off the stove or not? I don't know. I don't know. I should be back. Probably it's going to take you out from the church just to look up over there, you know? So the thing is, sometimes there is idols there. But idols come not only because you are watching things or because you love things more maybe than God. They are also coming because through the story of your family, the history of your family. So uh, could be witchcraft, a lot of, like, if you feel that if you are in this side of tormented thoughts, probably 99% should be witchcraft in your family. So we need to pray for that. And if you are in this side, you need prayer, constantly prayer, constantly help. If you already went to prayer ministry, it's okay. You can have another one. <laughs> like we really need help to get rid out of it. So, okay. So I already finished with the list. <laughs> um, but how I said, if the Holy Spirit is showing you more, uh, please take notes of it. Um, we are good? I'm talking okay? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jesus. So, thank you, Lord. Amen. So, what happened? All of these thoughts will generate feelings. Fear, unhopeless, depression, rejection. Maybe nobody is rejecting you, but you think you, you are being rejected, so you feel rejected. Anxiety, depression, and all of these feelings lead us to maybe make decisions that we will regret. So we need to war work with the Ruth, with the thought. Whenever we work with it, our feelings will be transformed and our actions will be transformed. So wha uh, that's why we need to recover the field that we have gave to the enemy already and take care how the Bible says of our hearts every day. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determine, determines the course of your life. So whenever in the Bible there is the word heart, it means soul. And your soul is your conscious, 
is your mind, is your feelings. So what it's saying is guard your feelings and your thoughts above all else, above all, all above all this. That's why the Lord is saying, forgive all, every day. Forgive every person who offend you. Forgive your husband or forgive your wife. There is people who wants to divorce because there, there has been years or months of thinking bad about your partner because you didn't wash your mind away from that. So whenever the Lord, the Lord brings truth and freedom and peace, our job is maintained, and more if we has been delivered from all those strongholds or obsessions, because the mind has got to use to that. So, for example, I remember that, and I need to read that verse right here, let me. I remember that I always fought with Philippians 4, 6 to 9. I'm gonna explain why. Because, and that's the first verse that I memorized as a Christian. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds, and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So I remember that I said, okay, anytime that I feel anxiety, that I have a thought that is not from the Lord, I'm going to just apply that. So, Father, I'm here, and I give you my anxiety. Amen. And guess what? I experience peace because it says you will experience. But then, with time, I got again the anxiety. I got again the same thoughts. And I was like, I don't understand if this is truth, why it is not working. But then the Lord gave me this revelation. And he said, it's working. You are experiencing peace. But you need to read the verse 8. And it's like, okay. So it says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about, thi think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learn and receive from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So we don't want only to experience, we want the peace to be. That's different. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm praying. So I come in here to God and saying, God, this is what happening. I don't know what to do, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I love you, you, you can do it, blah, blah, blah. All the truth, you know? I experience peace. But it's different to say, okay, the Lord told me that I don't have to be afraid, that I'm worth it, that I can do it. So my money started work on those truths, and I'm be with peace, and I endure that peace. So I was like, okay, we need to grow in maturity and not only go with an anxiety, but also fix our thoughts in what he's saying. So <laughs> uh, I just want to tell you here on a testimony. Um, when we got pregnant with Johanan, uh, we were so happy, we were expecting that, we were just so blessed, and we didn't tell anybody until the week 12, but our family knew, and uh, we were just, I was pregnant, just happy, but then suddenly this thought started coming, you're going to lose the first baby, 
you're gonna lose it, you're gonna lose it, you're gonna lose it. So I was fighting it, you know, I was, that didn't take my joy out, but I was like fighting it, fighting it. And then my brother called me, oh, you know, he's a doctor. You know what, a lot of women, they lose, they lose their first baby. So if that happened, no worries. And I was like, mm, okay, again, I'm not gonna lose it, I'm not gonna lose him. So uh, that started to just build, 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 build. And one day, a woman from the Hispanic church, so she always has dreams with me and are so accurate, so I'm so thankful for her. So she called me and said, hey, Diana, and she didn't know that I was pregnant. And she said, hey, Diana, I had a dream that you were in the school building and you, had, you were pregnant, but suddenly you had so much pain and you say, no, the enemy wants to kill my baby. And I just wanted to tell you that. And I was like, okay, she doesn't know that I'm pregnant. And rebuke that thing in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so, but I got to the point that I was tormented. I got to the point that I was like, I really don't know what to do. I want to enjoy my pregnancy, but this thought is so strong. So I told my husband, oh no, I didn't tell him. He was having the same idea. So one day we talk about it and we pray, but we didn't just put so much attention on it. And one night I was sitting down and I said, Lord, Please give me a word. I need to fight this with a word. If you tell me that this is your will and this baby is going to be alive, I can fight this. So I just prayed that. And Nico had rehearsal on Sunday morning, and he came earlier to learn a song. So he was the only one in the Hispanic church. So the Lord told Nico, go to the kitchen and read this specific verse. Can you believe that there is a verse in Isaiah? that says, none of these uh, sheep will have a um, miscarriage. And I was like, I'm the sheep. So, <laughs> so I was like, thank you, Father. <laughs> so that came, and that was it. I didn't fight that, fo- that, that thing anymore. But we were in peace. Three weeks later, I was sleeping. 3 a.m., I, I woke up screaming because the pain was so strong. And I saw in my mind a hand trying to take out my baby of my womb. So I started screaming. Nico was like, oh my God, what is happening? I was like, I don't know. And suddenly I remembered the dream of this woman. And I told Nico, please, please pray. I know this is from the enemy because this woman had this dream. And Nico just took that word. <laughs> None sheep was going to have a miscarriage in the name of Jesus. So we fought that night until 6 a.m. for our, our baby. And God made a miracle. So that's the importance to fight that our fights with the truth. Like we literally, it's powerful. Just it's powerful. So <laughs> I, I need to finish. So how to win the battle, the battle in our mind? And I'm gonna be very honest with you. I have a one, two, three step. But when I was doing that one, two, three step, that I, I'm gonna tell you that, two weeks ago, a very strong attack came to my mind to the point that I almost called on Wednesday, Pastor Tom and said, I'm not gonna preach. I told the Lord, if this attack is gonna be like this, for this preaching, I prefer not preach. And Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Willie said, where is your sword? And I was like, I don't know. But the thing is, it was just very strong that I was so tired, you know? 
And I remember the Lord started talking to me, giving me words, ra like raising, raising me up. I told the pastors, pray for me. The attack is not good. <laughs> I called my pastors in Colombia, pray for me. <laughs> but the attack never stopped until yesterday. And I'm going to tell you what the Lord did. But first of all, the first thing that we need to do is do not fight alone. The strategy that the enemy wants to do is to put you in a position to say, I need to conquer this and then come to God because my mind is not praising him, you know? It's like, that's the wrong way. You need God to conquer that. <laughs> so do not fight alone. Do not go away from God. You only can win with him. God will give you strength any time that you cry out and look for him, no matter if the fight is still there. So keep looking for God. So Ephesians 2.23 says, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nat nature, created to be like God, truly righteous, righteous and holy. So that's the first thing. You can know how to rebuke the enemy. You can know how to just cast out demons. You can know all of these that we are saying. But you need to first run to the shepherd. And I want to show you the second picture, please. Awesome team. Okay, I don't know if you know this, you, you know this or not, but I'm going to explain very quickly that image. So, in real life, sometimes something happened to the sheep. And what happened is they got a lot of bugs inside, like mosquitoes, or sometimes they are so just, how you say that, extremely hyper. <laughs> that they go to the bushes and they got stuck there. Um, and when that happened is when the bugs or the mosquitoes come, they put eggs and then they go to the brain and that torment them so bad that they cannot be quiet, they, they're moving everywhere, they are hitting the walls. So they are just crazy sheep. I've been a crazy sheep. <laughs> and all those bugs and mosquitoes think of, thinking of, yeah, the obsession, the thoughts, the, all the, this war in our, in our minds. But the only way, the only way that she can be free is to be still. Because the shepherd came, comes with so much love, grab the sheep. And if she's moving, she, he cannot do this. So she needs to be still. Whenever that happens, the shepherd, 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 <laughs> pour, uh, pour, pour out some oil and that oil refreshes that oil helps that oil brings the box out and she finally get free and heal so one of my favorite verses says in Isaiah 315 and church I won my battle in the past that the testimony that I was telling you with this verse so this is the one of the like base, foundational verses in my life. And it says, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. And we need to be still before him, before to do all the warfare, before to do all the rebuking. That will work if we are not in his arms. 
We need to be right there when he can pour out this oil. So last night, I was still with the attack, and I was like, I don't want to preach with these thoughts in my mind. So I, I was in my bed. Nico was um, trying to get Johanna to some sleep. And I just imagine Nico coming and just pouring on me oil, like literally a bottle of oil on me. And I said, Lord, I'm not going to ask him that. That will be maybe crazy. But I just need that in my spirit, you know? So Nico came to the to the bedroom with a cup full of oil. And he just said, the Lord wants to do something. And I started weeping. <laughs> and I was like, ah. So we prayed for two hours, literally two hours, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it was beautiful because he did, I, I didn't wash my hair. <laughs> I was like, I want the oil for the preaching. But <laughs> that doesn't work. It's just in the spirit, you know. But the thing is, he poured out the oil. And we started praying, and the Lord showed me something in my past when I was a baby that was the root of this attack. And I said, Lord, I've been working with interhealing for more than 10 years. I thought everything was said, you know. And he said, no, and maybe in 10 years I will show you something more. The thing is, for this preach, for this message, I want to bring your freedom first to you. And I was like, wow. So <laughs> it was just incredible receiving. So that's why the Lord, I know he wants to give you freedom. I know he wants you to show you the root of those thoughts, of those tormenting th thoughts. And it was just so beautiful to receive from the Lord. Then he... Then Nico started prophesying, and it was just a beautiful atmosphere at home. And the Lord told me, do not be afraid. Everything will be all right. And the Lord is telling you, do not be afraid. This is one thing that the Lord revealed to me. Goliath was bigger than David. Goliath was a warrior. He really was better in that skill set. Goliath has been prepared all his life to kill people. David was taking care of sheep, cooking for his brothers. He was a nice man, you know. And that's real. Some of your um, battles and some of your, the things that you go through, they are bigger than you. That's, that's true. But they are not bigger than God. And God is beside you. And God is with you. So that's why that's, that picture is the only way to fight our bottles. So, uh, so the keys work hard in renewing. You know, when we are in his hands, the keys work hard, as the verse says, to keep renewing our mind. So that's the first step to be still in the presence of the shepherd. And also this preaching is called only in the shepherd's arms. So only there we, we're gonna be healed of everything. And also I think, yes, we, we look for healing in our bodies to uh, physical healing. And I know that is happening in this church, but the Lord told me, but I also want to heal the mind because we are in an era, in a time where depression and anxiety is so high. Even inside of Christian, inside of inside of churches, so we need to know how to fight this battle. So the second thing, after you are there, after you run to your God, I have the one, two, three. So if you want to take notes, uh, this is 
Ashley told me this, and I was like, yes, this is the thing. So they are, I add one R, but there are five R's. So the first R is repent. We need to repent. Even if, if you think that this is just the enemy putting, or, or just putting, um, yes, thoughts, we need to repent of those thoughts. We need to repent of the sin in the past. We need to repent for our family. So that's the key to bring back the rights. The enemy has no right in your brain, but the only way to, th that he has right is because sin. That's why we need to repent to get back the rights. Then, this is so important, and is the art of receive. Receive forgiveness. Because one strategy is, okay, you are looking for God, but you need to understand forgiveness. I remember that in my walking with Jesus, whenever I literally received forgiveness, like accepted the grace of God, I started to be more free. So yes, it's been hard, but please receive forgiveness whenever you repent. Then we renounce, renounce, and cast out. Because whenever we have the rights back, whenever we receive forgiveness, we can have the authority to, to say, I renounce to this thought, and you, enemy, go away. If we don't receive forgiveness, even if you say, God, forgive me, but you are not receiving it, the enemy is going to just laugh. Because he's saying, but you are not receiving from him. And that happens in some ministry times when the person is there fighting and there is a mocking spirit coming. It's like this person needs to receive first. Um, then this, the four R is replace. And replace is that light that you're saying go out needs to be replaced for the truth that God is saying over that situation. If not, it's going to be a dangerous land because it's empty. So the enemy can come again, even worse, or any other lie can come over that. So we need to replace those lies with truth. And the last R is resist. Resist the devil and he will go away. Resist the devil. Resist those lights, lies <laughs> with the word of God. So the Lord is calling us to whenever we come to his arms, start doing this. Repent, receive, renounce, renounce and cast out, replace, and resist. And can, can, I, can you guys put the first image, please? So that's why I got stuck in the first one. I couldn't go through all the list over there. But just to let you know very quickly, after virtue, after all of these that we have been talking, the second thing is knowledge. And that knowledge, that word in the original, is that knowledge that you create with experience. So that's why we need to accept forgiveness. Because only in that um, experience of forgiveness, you will have real knowledge of Jesus. Everybody can tell you, you are love, God wants to forgive you. But only when you experience it, you create that knowledge. I remember that I was in... Um, um, Oh, how you call that? Um, when you call a taxi, it is not a taxi. Um, Uber. I was in an Uber, and the guy who was driving, it was a Muslim. And I recognized him, and because everything I saw in his car, and I said, I really want to know why they are so, like, 
passionate about their religion and their God, you know, because I know my God is the through, through one. So I just asked him, like, hey, um, can you tell me a little bit about your religion? And he was like, blah, 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 blah. But in everything he said, he started com- becoming ang- angry. He noticed that I'm, I'm, a, I was, well, I'm a Christian. So he started to attack me and to say a lot of things. And he used history. He used, like, a lot of scientifically facts to tell me that my God was not my God. And I was sitting down there in my mind saying, oh, poor guy. I need to pray for him. But at the end, I just told him, he brought me to the church. And at the end, I just told him, you know what? Probably you know a lot of history, and probably you know a lot of science, but nobody can take what I have experienced with Jesus. That's the knowledge that I have, and I cannot give it to you because you haven't experienced my Jesus. So I was like, yes, this is not how sense. I cannot give that knowledge to him because that's the knowledge that I have experienced, you know? So, (coughs) sorry. (coughs) So after that is self-control. And I wanted to go deep in it, but whenever we can get a heal in our minds, renew our minds, set up our minds in the truth, self-control is easier. Self-control is easier. Because you said, okay, I'm thinking this, so my action will be more easier. If your thoughts, if you are struggling too much in your thoughts, self-control will be so hard. So that's why it's the first block. So, to finish, my dear friend Ashley, <laughs> please come here. Um, to finish, the Lord gave me this psalm. And I really want you to just stand up with me to stretch a little bit because we're going to ask the Lord to come and ask the Lord to do exactly of the other picture, if you can put it again. But Psalm 143, 7 to 12 says... Come quickly, Lord, and answer me, for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me, or I will die. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I am trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. I run to you to hide me. I will say it again. I run to you to hide me. And close your eyes, and if you need to run to Jesus, just say this with me. I run to you to hide me. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward forward on a firm footing. For the glory of your name, O Lord, preserve my life. Because of your faithfulness, bring me out of this distress. In your unfailing love, silence all my enemies and destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. And Father, Holy Spirit, I know that you want to bring relief. I know know that you want to set up our minds to you so we can be more than conquer, so we can be productive and useful in your knowledge, but also you want to help us, to teach us how to maintain the freedom, not only as an experience today, but also to habitate in that peace. Help us, Lord, to have your mind in all your ways. Help me, Lord, to have your mind. And there is a song that I want us to sing. Maybe you don't know it, but it says, 
now my heart is open. Your love advances, breaks my defenses down. Go, Jesus, I'm letting go. Your grace is greater than every failure. Now I'm coming home. I know I am home, safe within my Savior's arms, the shepherd's arms. So we're going to sing it first before praying more. So I say, Lord, I ask. 
ask you for forgiveness because I'm thinking like this. And then we're gonna receive, receive forgiveness. So raise your hand and say, Lord, I receive forgiveness. I receive forgiveness. I receive from you. And everybody, I, I want to everybody to say it because God can listen to your thoughts but not the enemy. So say with me, in the name of Jesus, I renounce to Satan. I renounce to any lie that wants to come against me, against my family, against my life, against my relationship with the Lord. I renounce to give, um, to give up my, my brain to the enemy. I renounce to every lie of condemnation. I renounce to every torment that has been in my brain for years. I renounce to that in the name of Jesus. I renounce to the thought that I'm not worthy, that I cannot do things, that there is better people than me. I renounce to any insecurity in the name of Jesus. And keep renouncing to whatever the Lord is showing you. And then we're gonna replace. So I want you to say with me, I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. I can do everything through Christ who lives in me. I am more than conquered. I have peace in my mind and in my soul and in my heart. And I live for Jesus. I live for Him. And I will run to my shepherd anytime that I need to hide in Him. And then resist. And I want you to imagine you resisting in a position of resisting with the truth what the Lord is telling you today what the Lord told you and this song says I'm running, running into your arms I'm running, running into your heart your presence is my home church you are in home right now you are in home you are at home right now so let's sing it together
taking every thought captive and bringing it into obedience to Christ. So, Lord, I thank you that the revelation of truth, Lord, I thank you that truth is absolute from you. And God, we ask that you would release that truth that will set us free, because the truth sets us free, and the truth is in your word. And so, Lord, as we come as children, we come and ask you to reveal more and more truth that will set us free. We thank you, Lord. We ask you to seal this word. We bless now what you're doing among us here. In Jesus' name. God bless you all. Thank you. It was a powerful word, reiterating word. If you're here this morning and you're uh, visiting, we'd love to meet with you in the cafeteria or the cafe. God bless you. Don't forget, um, Monday night, Kingdom Men and Kingdom Women. On uh, Wednesday, we have the teaching of the power of a transformed mind which is also what uh, Chaplain Parthena is sharing. So we'd ask this kind of reiterating what God is doing. And then don't miss Friday night, God night, 6.30. Bring the kids, 7.30. We'll have an amazing time together in worship. God bless you all. Thank you.